Uh, greetings and salutations. Oh, hello, Mr. Goat. How are we doing? <laughs> not too bad. Not tied, too bad. Up, tied up to pick up truck as usual. Oh, two <laughs> goats. This is great. Two, not, two, with yeah, the, you know, three freaking foot rope. I got yeah, two yeah, goats as usual. with me. All right. One at a yeah. time, please. Nick is the old man. Hey, go. Hey, go. All right. All right. All right. If, it, maybe, maybe. No, we just. We got excited. We got excited. That's true. Just I so know. excited for the yeah. podcast. We had to break out the goat voice. I know. It's 134. Unbelievable. 134. Episode 134. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm with you now. Hey, I'm with you now. Oh, no, That's time. We are Not recording. Not the time. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were trying to like play into the whole, we're not recording at this time. We're actually recording at 1.34 p.m. on Thursday. Oh, um, gotcha. Because we've had time Thursday. issues because it is Thursday morning. Well, it's one. Yeah, right. yeah. 1.34 somewhere. Right. Sort of. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, no. 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 Actually, no. It's not. <laughs> no. But anyway. Well, welcome, everyone, to this uh, menagerie mm. uh, that we call a podcast. Uh-huh. I hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. I know I'm doing pretty all right. Yeah. 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 yeah, man. What's new out there, Greg? Oh, dude. It was 85 degrees today. Mm. Oh, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your trap. Yeah. 85 degrees. 85, I think we, got, we had like 42. Yeah, yeah, I think we the pool the pool high forty two pool is nice today. Oh. <laughs> Jay, how you doing? <laughs> Enough of you. <laughs> I got my, you know, I got you know the full winter gear on over sure. here. Sure. Oh man, yeah. I'm down in the basement with no no heat in my room, but uh, you know we're do, we're doing okay. We're yeah, doing okay. No, made sure. a made a nice trip to the dump this weekend Ooh. with the sun. That was a lot of fun. That, that, that feels good just to get that out. Oh, whatever it was, gosh. just I, get it out. I forget how much I love going to the dump. Yeah. Actually. You know, yeah, and I was able to introduce my son Ben into the joys of you know, throwing stuff over the edge. Right, mm. yeah, waste management, absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> he thought, well, we had a toilet to get rid of. I actually replaced a toilet in my house. Well done, sir. That. Wow, well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How about that Thank wax you. ring? Huh? Ah, a little bit of a pain. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. A lot, a lot uh, of scraping yeah. going on. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> this is a man who's who's replaced a toilet on or, or two of his own. Indeed. Like. Indeed. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, then we got a toilet on the back porch that my wife says, oh, now we got a great porch accessory for the next five years. So I took that, of course, as a, a challenge. I need to get mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the toilet out of there. So we, we took the toilet. And my, my son just thought it was hilarious that I broke the toilet in the dump. The dad broke the toilet. Ah, oh, the toilet. Dad, you broke it. <laughs> comedy gold. That, that is awesome comedy stuff. gold. That is. <laughs> So yeah, exciting weekend. I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Took the. We went up to uh, that scout camp, Senequippi. Oh, Senequippi. That's right. Yes. That's right, man. Ooh. And so I'm. Is uh, it exactly as I remember it from it when is I was plus a pool. eight or ten? Oh, there's a pool a there pool now. Pool is yeah behind the lake. There's a pool as well, and they still. It's, uh, see, I don't like that. I, no. Nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. Everybody. Everybody <laughs> feels very strongly about why did they, why did they do this? But why is there a pool? You go swimming in the lake. Boy, I if think you you've go got, you've got I've got some email threads that I can forward to, to you if you're very interested. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that up. We'll put that up in the notes. Sure. There you go. Nope. Nope. Not touching it. Not touching it. But what uh, what kind of activities did you get into up at there it's winter at, camp. Uh, camp the nice thing about winter camp okay. up at up at Cinequippi is um, a minuscule amount of rules. The rules were uh-huh. um, there's an inspection at the ends. So we got to clean up and don't throw right. sticks on the lake because the lake's frozen. <laughs> and we had the lakefront Whoa. cabin, so 
a lot of it was monitoring kids for stick throwing. Uh, but it was it was actually it was no it was it was wonderful. We hiked <laughs> everywhere, all the mountains, and looked at tracks and did outdoor activities to earn their badges and stuff like that. So it was that's awesome, man. Delightful. I miss that place. Yeah, I'm sure I'll yeah. find myself there soon it's, enough. It is uh, just just like you remember it. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. What do you say, guys? Yeah. Should we get it started? I think so. Enough preamble? I think so. Let's. Yes, that's right. This is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 134. There it is. As Nick so kindly Goodness. alluded to earlier. <laughs> Just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here with you. This is our uh, little music podcast where we talk about life at Camp Cinequippy, um, <laughs> disposing of toilets and landfills. And, and the weather um, in L.A. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Among other things. Among other things. Uh, us and David Lynch, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, episode 134. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And uh, I, I think that we have at least a above average show for you tonight. Okay. All right. Well, that's can, can we promise that at least to the listeners? Heck yeah. Well, it's either, either going to be okay. average, below average, or above average. So we have a one in three chance. Yeah, I, I'm I'm shooting for above average on this. I think it's going to be this. Yeah. We got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely Excellent. a lot to talk about. Cool. I think Greg is going to be talking about a uh, screamer. Okay. And I am going to be talking about a screamer. Okay. From around the same era, uh-huh. actually. And uh, Nick. You're going to be, mm, how can I tie this in? Uh-huh. What, to, I don't know. what to do with the screamer? Maybe Nick's just going scre- to Nick's be screaming at we'll us. We'll Yeah, Nick's going to turn think, into yeah. a screamer. This, could, this, could, that, this episode very well could get weird. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I yes. welcome that. I welcome All right. That. Who does? All right, well, without any further ado, Greg. Hey, now. My man from on the West Coast. Hey, now. You are up first. What you got for us this week, buddy? Mm. Well... Shortly after we uh, recorded our last episode, 133, mm-hmm. right. um, the next morning woke up to some bad news, actually. Some mm. bad news in the musical community. Found out that the prolific uh, singer, Mark Lanigan, yeah. had passed away at age 57, which yeah. uh, was definitely a bummer. I've been a fan of his for a long time. I don't know how you guys, I don't know, I'm not really quite sure if, we haven't really talked about him very much, but we have certainly talked about his uh, projects and projects that he was affiliated with. Yeah, um, no and uh, if you've never heard Mark Lanigan, the thing is you probably have without realizing it. Um, <laughs> he was uh, one of the Seattle grunge innovators, I would say. I, I, mm-hmm. almost, I always kind of thought of him as like the Tom Waits of grunge. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh, he's got, I like that. Okay, I like yeah, that. Well, yeah, well, he, I mean, he really is like he's got that almost the same kind of look and yeah. this certain same kind of delivery and this like gravelly, uh, you know, yeah. sound that growl. Yeah, um, and so he was very known, um, among musicians because he was involved in so many great bands. Um, yeah, his main band. What was Screaming Trees, which was kind okay. of active during the grunge movement. That's how a lot of that's where a lot of people place him. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot more that he did though, and uh, I want to get into all that. But bef- if you've never consciously heard Mark Lanigan, this is him on uh, the Screaming Trees, best known song I would say called Nearly Lost You. Nice.
Love that Good. song, man, and I've I've grown to be a fairly big fan of that band, but that oh, it was really? much later in life because that was a song that uh, our friend and friend of the pod, Dirk Maurer, tried to get me into way oh, back okay. in the day. Okay, just wasn't ready for it back then, and then uh, just as I kept hearing more and more and more and more and more and more and more people talk about the Screaming Trees, I finally decided to check them out, and man, they're so great. Kind of a like a distillation of a, of a lot of things grunge. I mean, they yeah they really did it really well and uh, have some different takes on the whole grunge scene. I love him and his his voice is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. here's a guy who was just a, a singer. I mean, I, I can't say I, I we I never seen him play an instrument on stage. Not a, not even a picture. So I I mean I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure he did play and. You know, could would use instruments to uh, to write, but the point I'm getting at is that this guy was like a singer, yeah. you know, really yeah. a, a vocalist. That's what he was known for. So he had the screaming trees. Apparently, I mean, he he kind of had a a pretty screwed up childhood and was. I don't want to get too much into his uh, issues because I don't, I'd rather focus on you know his career, his prolific mm-hmm. career. But as it turns out, he actually was. A very close friend of uh, Kurt Cobain. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah, and that's how I actually remember hearing about him at first, because I was kind of endlessly combing through Cobain biographies in mm-hmm. middle school, and he kept coming up as like someone that Kurt would stay with, and they were very close friends. What I didn't learn at the time, though, is that the uh, that Kurt co- actually collaborated with him on it on Mark's uh, first solo album. Really, the wi- the winding sheet, yeah. and uh, they did a cover together of "Where Did You Sleep Last Night." The Lead oh, Betty okay. Kelly song. Yeah, this is 1990. This is like pre Nevermind. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's pre Bleach, but it's pre Stardom. Kurt Cobain right. Right. on this Mark Lanigan solo album. I mean, we. If you know the if you know the Nirvana Unplugged record, yeah, you know that yeah, this, this is say. the final. This is like basically the last thing he recorded. It became a huge part of the Nirvana repertoire. Yeah, Absolutely. but the first original version is Mark Lanigan doing it and inviting Kurt to sing and play guitar on it. Let's right. listen to a little bit of that. Nice. Yeah.
That's wild. Yeah, yeah right. It's kind of so like cool. it's like the bridge between the Lead Belly version and the Nirvana version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I re- remember when I first heard that because it, it blew my mind because growing up you think there's so much legend around, well, Kurt Cobain took this old Lead, lead Belly song and reinvented yeah. it by himself. No. But he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He was, you know, working yeah. with Mark Lanigan to do this back yeah. in 1990. And wow. I didn't know that. It's kind of an unwritten piece of that that lore. Yeah, and that's what they pulled out for the last track. Yeah, that's so cool. Yep. So cool. Wow. It is, and it sounds great. You know, yeah. that record, yeah. that, that version's pretty great, <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, it's interesting to sort of, you, you hear almost like this um, kind of almost Leonard Cohen type of thing happening yeah. Yeah. with him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned really Tom Waits. Co- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned Tom Waits earlier, but like, I, um, I, I like I like singers like that. The, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the real gravel voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. You kind of can't fake that. You either have it or you don't. And, yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> yeah. You know. So. Well, you, if you, if you, you do try to it, fake right? it, you yeah. usually fall flat on your face. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, by all accounts, he was the real deal. Like, a really nice guy, too. A, a good friend. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that you just see pop up. Like, if you read the history of any bands from this era, you're going to see his name associated mm-hmm. with all these bands. He was just in so tight with guys like Lane Staley and, you know. Oh, yeah. Um Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all those guys like yeah. they all they all hung out they all knew Mark Lanigan they all looked at him as kind of a elder statesman of the the mm-hmm. the scene there yeah God. and he, he yeah he was in the thick of it yeah so let's let's just say okay so so during the nineties he's in the thick of it he's in the grunge uh, soup if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now that that album came later <laughs> grunge soup ninety six <laughs> yeah blind melon. and. Yeah, and um, that's what I was going for. Yeah, so <laughs> then he's 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 out on tour with Screaming Trees, and um, who jumps in as another guitarist for a tour? But a young Josh Homme from Caius, ah, yes. who's do, starting okay. to do, starting to do a new thing. He's starting to he's starting to get Queens of the Stone Age together. Wow, this is like one connector musician to another connector musician. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. big time. <laughs> yeah, and um, so he invites Mark to sing on some songs. Now. He, suddenly mark is like a pseudo member of queens of the stone age like he sings on some songs they always end up being bangers (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and um let's listen to one of the songs one of the great queens of the stone age songs that mark lanigan sang on this one is called in the fade and you're actually you might hear josh's voice first with marks but then when the chorus hits it's going to be mark and you'll you'll recognize it i think sweet
That's sweet. Yeah, dude. That's on rated R, yeah. which is like the precursor uh, to Songs for the Deaf. So he would come in and just <coughs> sing on a, like, is this through across multiple albums? Like he would come in and he'd sing on just a couple songs? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, especially the early ones. And you can, like, I love Josh Homme and I love Queens of the Stone Age, but you could tell that he got a lot of his vocal style from Mark Lanigan. Mm. Okay. Big time. Big time. The way yeah. he phrases things, the way yeah. he sings, like, they're... It bends into a note. They're peas in a pod. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they sound great together, you know? They do. Um, and... You know the famous. Uh, I don't. I hope I'm not stealing your thunder here, Greg. But you know the famous collaboration they did for Anthony Bourdain. Well, that's what I was getting to. Well, they did the theme song to No Reservations, the Anthony, the oh, famous okay. Anthony Anthony Bourdain show that was on CNN and Netflix for so long. Anthony um, Bourdain seems like somebody that would hang out with Mark. Absolutely. Well, yes. the, yeah. he, the, there's <laughs> yeah. an episode of him with with Josh. If you haven't seen that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where they like they they hang out and drink tequila and eat tacos and stuff and mm-hmm. get all deserty and is that weird. San Diego, or is it? Um, I think it's like in Arizona or something. Okay. I want to say. Nor, but anyway, uh, it's a, the desert vibe. Right. Um. Yeah. So you know you have poor Mark here, who's Kurt dies. Lane Staley. Yeah. We'll talk about his collaboration with Lane. Lastly, um, Lane Staley dies of Malice and Change. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain kills himself. You know, like a lot. He's had a lot of yeah. You know, a yeah. lot of a lot of great friends of his. Uh, you know, just have it not work out, and so. But I mean, um, and I, I don't know that I, I don't think it's I don't think it's does him any disservice by saying I mean it, it, a lot of it is like it was this is like a very uh, it was a drug culture like this was they were I guess so yeah right I mean like the friends that yeah. he had a lot of that came from from those times um, yeah and he, he was in he was again in the thick of it I mean he was you yeah know, I didn't yeah. I didn't really want to get into the weeds of it before but apparently when he was uh, he was a notorious drunk by the time he was twelve right right and uh, and then admitted later that he started taking heroin as a way to beat alcohol. <laughs> That's, a, that's, that's a like a solution. Tough trade. That's a tough trade-off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And who knows, but who man? Hasn't been, who hasn't been there? Come on. I mean, yeah. No, yes, yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's, yeah. It's, you got to, you got to, no, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, but he's, but in any case, you know, obviously he, he had a lot of struggles and um, it, we don't know for sure, but apparently um, it seemed like, uh, so, so fast forward to today, you know, where um, last week he passed away. It seems like he had a uh, a really horrible case of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, from uh, what I heard, he had been sober for something like the last decade. Yeah, as far as everyone knew. So one thing I'd, I, I'd be remiss to leave out is that he actually wrote a few books as well. Um, and one of uh, the books called Devil in a Coma, he actually wrote a terrifying account of his experience. I haven't read it, yeah. um, but apparently COVID rendered him deaf, unable to walk, and frequently comatose. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> wow. it pretty much wrecked him, and it m- sounds like it might have killed him. Wow. So that's obviously a drag. You know, he's gone now. It's an- another icon of that uh, of that scene. So here's a uh, collaboration with... Uh, Lane Staley, who was mentioned before from Alice in Chains. They, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At the time, they had a band called Mad Season, which also featured Mike McCready from Pearl Jam okay, and mm-hmm. some other players from the scene. This is, what is, is Long Day Gone, Jay? Is that right? It's uh, Long Gone Day. Long Gone Day. I can never get it right. And uh, <laughs> the, This is from a famous live recording. And you'll, so you, now you're going to hear Mark Lanigan 
singing with Lane Staley. And it's funny because they really are contrasting singers. Yeah. You know, Mark Lanning is coming from like the Tom Waits. Like Lane Staley was basically a hair metal guy before yeah, right, joining right. Alice in Chains. I, I can send you some f- really weird clips of him in you spandex. Can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's so but they work so well here and um it really is uh you know kind of a, a window into that scene, I think. Um cool. yeah. to, to listen to this. So much blood I'm starting to drown the runs for cold to cold. The sky's coming down to help me Tears and lies for answers You an open lane But God knows I'm gone Girl, I just want you to Yeah, yeah. Those, those, those two voices together are pretty pretty cool. He has a swagger to him when he, when he sings like real slow, oh, slow yeah. songs. Yeah, it's cool. And, you know, if you watch the video, he's up there. He's got a cigarette. You know, sure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he's badass, and you know, I just yeah, he was a badass. What yeah, you, man. you know, I don't know what else to say about him, honestly. Um, but it did hit me when I read that he died because I was like, another one of those. Yeah. Seattle dudes. Who do we have left, Jay? Who's left? <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that, Greg. <laughs> There's a handoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the guys from Pearl Jam are still mm. kicking it pretty strong these days. Yes, they are. They've been through a lot. I'm going to probably shoot myself in the foot here, but I don't think they've lost any members to death. Um, all their drummers went somewhere, but I yeah I'm yeah not. I can't I can't think of one. <laughs> I think they have stayed clear. I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and get myself a put it down. A ding 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 on that. There you okay. go. Um, all right. Yeah, no, uh, Pearl Jam. I don't know. We we've talked about them tangentially a couple times in the podcast, but they're kind of a remarkable story. And like, I don't think anyone really knows what to make of Pearl Jam like these mm-hmm. days. Like. Like, we have guys like our age that, like, remember Pearl Jam from being incredibly awesome back in the day. And, like, right. we're, I don't know, I'm kind of amazed that they're still together and, like, still making pretty good music. But, yeah. like, kids don't really care about Pearl Jam anymore, right? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. This is a very good question. I don't Greg, know. I don't. Do the kids, uh, do, I mean, really, like, did you, I, I, I remember trying a couple albums after Vitalogy. And just and I, I just couldn't get as much into it. Uh, I, I, I I feel the same think, way. I feel the same okay. way. I just as, I don't know what it is, but those records were kind of the zenith for me. I got I was so into Ten and Verses and yeah. Vitalogy, yeah. and then after that, 
I, w- I remember hearing some songs, or I would I would try. Was it like no, no exit or no? What was no the code. No code. Was that right? No code. Yeah. Um, yeah there's. I, I, I couldn't get into. It's true. I, I wasn't. Yield was another one. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. this is not the arc of the conversation that we we're trying to get into, but like. I haven't been impressed with the Pearl Jam album for many, many years, but actually that's not true. The uh, the Their self-titled album, Pearl Jam, from like 2005 or 2006 huh. is excellent. Oh, really? And Yeah, really good. Okay, um, all right. But if you watch them live, I mean... That's they're where they're just legit. as good as yeah. they ever were, and yes. like you, you, it, it clicks. You're like, oh, that's, but yeah, and they're not, they're, they're not having trouble selling tickets. No, you know? no, no, yeah. But this is a thing. Like we, we, they also, they were kind of at war. I know this isn't the arc. I'm sorry, Jay, but they were kind of <laughs> at war with Ticketmaster when we started going to concerts. That's right? true. Wasn't right. that? Yeah. Wasn't that when they started their kind of? So it was also tough to see. So I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of people that that are that are still just getting around to seeing Pearl Jam for the first time. I, I still well, haven't. Yeah, me neither. Uh, me neither. That's interesting. We all we need to go we, see Pearl Jam. Yeah, we, we got to make that a little field trip. <laughs> that's why they're still touring. <laughs> <laughs> so that everyone in America that wants to yeah, see just them. Just making up for that time them. when they fought with Ticketmaster for that t- 15 years. <laughs> well, regardless, Pearl Jam is still active. They have a front man named Eddie Vedder. Who I don't really? know if you ever heard of him or not. Do they? <laughs> they do. Uh, a great front man, and he has just released a new solo album. Oh. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And everyone went. <laughs> That's okay. what they did. Yes, that was almost a Freudian everyone went slip ooh, including okay, including sorry. myself. I, I literally had heard nothing about this album, and it popped up on my Spotify feed, and I went, "Ooh, Eddie Vedder mm-hmm. has a solo album." Okay, cool. This will be the last time. The last time that happened, it was all ukulele. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. How is his so, migration towards becoming no young look going? Right. <laughs> right. So I didn't. I wasn't. I literally was thinking very little of it, but I'll give it a spin. Got nothing else to do, so I pop yeah. it on, and I loved it. I like from the first listen. I was like, "This is really good. This is like, it's muscular, it's rocky, it's it's poppy. The vocals are great. The production is great. Sounds good. Like I didn't think it was like a masterpiece or anything like that, but it was definitely like a fun, enjoyable listen. Right. I was going to talk about it on the podcast, but then some other stuff came up. And mm-hmm. a couple weeks went by, and I didn't think about it. And then, what happened? I, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, we should listen to some music. We, yes, you guys want to hear a track from this? Sure. No, I'd like li- to sit on the guys- truck all day. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There it is. There. All right. Well, I'm going to play a song for you by. Uh, it's called Try, and it features Stevie Wonder. Who on this track, guys? Okay. Stevie freaking Wonder. Stevie Wonder um, and Eddie Vedder. Okay. I want you to picture in your mind what what this would sound like what a collaboration between Stevie Wonder and Eddie Vedder might sound like and then you guys got it? Okay. Confused. Good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, check this out. superstitious. One, two, three, four. Tug of war tonight 
Gentlemen, that, that's how you play a harmonica, right? A chromatic harmonica at that. Mm. Okay. My goodness. Stevie Wonder just doing a, on harmonica. That's wild. Yeah, yeah right? That's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Dude, I listened to this whole album. Yeah? What'd you think? I don't know what to think. You don't know what to uh, think? I, I know it's not bad, but, <laughs> but I, I didn't like it. Do you, you know didn't that? like it. Do you know that, Nick? I, I, I could tell that, like, it was well-constructed songs, but it was so weird. Like, I, it, Why? It, 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 honestly, it felt like a throwback, yeah, like album. It felt like, and and I, and I really was like, nope, don't, nope, think past that. Like, just listen to it for what it is. But I, it, I think it just kept sucking me back to like, wait, this is Eddie Vedder singing with Elton John. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I don't think you're wrong there, man. It definitely. It definitely took me back. You haven't. I haven't heard a guitar album like this in a long time. I'm also you know, coming off str- a scout camping weekend, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pretending like my brain's at, like ready to handle this. Uh, honestly, um, but it, I, yeah. I don't know, Greg. What did you think? Did you listen? Did you listen? To I that? did. I did. I didn't make it all the way through, but that not because I couldn't. Uh, I just kind of uh, ran out of time. But I did listen to. Uh, must have been at least over half of it, and. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, Jay, I can. T- I, I, it's funny. I can sort of see both of your points. Uh, yeah. J, Jay, uh, I also had a nice like. Uh, I, was, I was like pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to make of it. It seemed very like, very epic. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? big. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> it's big. It's big. It's not a subtle. You know, no. <laughs> and any veteran can be subtle sometimes. And oh, honestly, yeah. that's kind of what I missed about him in the non. You know, in the non uh, early Pearl Jam things mm-hmm. or like the um yeah yeah well, like he, it's like you're making an album with a ukulele man it's like come on man i want to hear him like howl you right know? right and yeah. uh maybe I he does I, but i don't know I, I don't know i don't know actually i just now kind of come up with i think what it is for me is that like the first three pearl jam albums like his voice fits the music so perfectly and mm-hmm. and so much else of pearl jam and honestly i think w- with this it did feel huge but it still felt felt like his voice was slapped onto it, hmm. like it was uh, it, like okay. it didn't it right, didn't right. feel like an organic part of like his id or something. I don't know. It, it was just it, so. It, I think it was just there was just this like something's off, not wrong and not bad, but I didn't. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna listen to it again because because today was the first day and I was like, well, I gotta I gotta find a different time of the week and you know, yeah, I think you should work it into a weekend kind of a thing because yeah, but but I I. I it's, Maybe it was the wrong it's place. It's really cool he put it out. Well, yeah. There's, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said, and I, mm-hmm. I want to be clear. I'm not going on out on a limb for this album. Like it's not, it's not going to be my favorite album of 2022. I'm sure of that. Right. I enjoyed it. 
I thought it was it was unexpected. It surprised me. That's true. But just but just the discussion that we're having here mm-hmm. seems to be like an intelligent, well, maybe not intelligent, but at least no. considered, thoughtful discussion of the merits, pros and cons of this album. Sure, sure. Uh, something that could be distilled into a critical review at some point, should <laughs> we ever have the desire Perhaps. to do so. Got it, right. Um, we, into we, this breach. We, we all know how to type. Uh-huh. We can, we can, we can <laughs> into this breach. Uh-huh. Steps. Pitchfork.com. Yeah. Ooh. Who oh. were lucky enough. I did not read it after I listened to the album. I can say that honestly. They <sighs> graced us with a review of Eddie Vedder's new solo album, uh, which is called Earthling, by the way. I should say that. They graced us with a review of their of the new album, so we don't even have to think anymore, guys. We don't have to talk oh, about it. We, just, we can just talk about what Pitchfork has to say because oh, that is obviously the gospel. But no, seriously, this is a perfect opportunity because this this review, this review is perfect fodder for one of our favorite bits, okay. and that would be Review the Review. Here we go. Yeah. It's been just while. long enough. We've just been simmering and marinating this sauce for just long enough. We've been waiting for the perfect Review the Review, and I think this is this might be it. Yes. Uh, yes, that's right, folks. Oh, I love it. Welcome to Review the Review, where well done, we babe. take a review from Pitchfork. I'll <laughs> just go ahead and say Pitchfork. Okay. Yeah, and, might uh, as well. <clears throat> discuss the relative merits okay. and um, what we might not like so much about said review. I don't know, guys. This this one, this one's a classic. I mean, <laughs> th- if you... This is going to go right up there on the top shelf of Pitchfork reviews for me, like right upside, like right next to like the Dismemberment Plan right? Um, 0.0 review, you know, uh, up in that upper echelon. Because I, I, I haven't read a review. Of infuriating for, reviews, yeah? Is that where we're? Are we, are we infuri- I, I, it's not infuriating. Frankly, it's not infuriating because okay. they don't say anything nasty about it. It's more befuddling. I brought this up to my wife, you know, who's a reading specialist. And um, I, I got her to like read a couple paragraphs, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, if a student turned this in, you know, if a high school student turned this in as like an essay on this mm-hmm. album, she would say, please be more concise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Use less references. Stop trying to sound so smart. Mm, C minus. Real. That's great. All right. Damn. So this this particular album, um, they gave it. A six point seven, okay. Which okay, so that's yeah, no, that's, that's a terrible. C minus in and of itself. It's not terrible, right? Yeah, not great, not great. Um, kind of a D plus. But, but you would yeah. think if you're going to give it less than a seven, in my opinion, if you're going to write a review about an album and give it less than a seven, you should probably point out some of like the shortcomings of the album, okay? Or at least talk about I don't know what's going on inside the <laughs> album. But Mr. Alfred Soto, who wrote this review, uh, starts with. Uh, a line like this. Steeped in the mythos of bands as the last gangs in town, Vetter allows these superstar friends to garnish tracks instead of bullying them. This Neil Young and Pete Townsend devotee betrays not a hint of laissez majeste. Now, for those of you who might not know what the term laissez majeste means, uh-huh. of which I can count myself one, and I'd okay. never heard that freaking term before in my life. I never heard it either. And you're French. I know. Lesemagest means the insulting of a monarch or other ruler or treason. 
Ah, okay. So he's not. So now that you know that, let's uh-huh. review this sentence again. <laughs> okay. Steeped in the mythos of bands as the last gang in town, Vetter allows these superstar friends, he's talking about Elton John and... Uh, right, right. And uh, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder and Ringo To Star. garnish tracks instead of bullying them. This Neil Young and Pete Townsend devotee, that would be Eddie Vetter, mm-hmm. betrays not a hint of treason. What? what does that sentence mean? I don't know. Oh, okay, I see. So we're we're trying to we're just literally trying to define. What, what does that mean? I ge- I guess that the I I guess that having them come on as garnishments uh, doesn't. It's not he. It's not treat. I don't know what would be a treasonous example. I, I would don't ask know. for a treasonous example. I don't know. Okay, so starts with a little bit of confusion. Goes on with a little bit more confusion. The backing band which consists of Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith, former Chili Pepper guitarist Josh Klinghoffer, and co-producer Andrew Watt on bass, don't pestle the material. I actually thought this was a clever verb usage. Does he mean grind? Does he mean like grind it or something? I I mean, that's what a pestle is, as in like mortar and and pestle. But I've never heard pestle used as a verb. It's absurd. And what does that mean? They don't, they don't grind the material down? What? It's not muddled, maybe? Then say that. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> they didn't pestle it, though, point. Jay. They didn't pestle. It, <laughs> is there a reference to a, a mortar anywhere? We're talking about an no. Eddie Vedder solo album here, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, take it exactly. down a notch. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Greg, for bringing us back to home base, you know, yeah, because... Yeah. We're not talking about, like, the newest yeah, epic from Neil Young or something like that. Like, like, it's not like some undiscovered, like, Mozart, you know, piece or something. You, thank like, you. Thank or, you. Or, or, like, or the, the, the newly recovered uh, Coltrane, Love Supreme, you know. Right. God. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. All right. So, more <laughs> gems. Um, and this one, actually, you know, this is, this is kind of apropos to what we were talking about. Listeners presumably of Vetter's age and who keep their Pearl Jam CDs close, may find the petulant confidence of these guitars a reason to endure this dirty world. It's as if the mutant disco jive Dance of the Clairvoyance from Pearl Jam's last album were a bad dream after eating spoiled tuna salad. The tracks Good and Evil and Rose of Jericho will not... And this was this sentence, like, yeah, I just can't wrap my hand around it. The tracks Good and Evil and Rose of Jericho will not repulse fans of bullshit-free churners like No Code's Lucan or the eponymous 2006 album's Comatose. Like, I've read that a couple times and I get what he's trying to say. Like, that if you like the songs, if you like the Pearl Jam songs Lucan and Comatose, then you probably will like the songs Good and Evil and Rose of Jericho. But he spins it in this, like, yeah, such a bass backwards way. Awful like, I, written sentence, yeah. Oh, my God. This is Review the Review, guys, by the way. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. tuned in halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, okay, uh, all right. So you're also not clear what his stance on all of this is, right? This is, he's trying to, like, not touch a, a, a revered individual, but also be a douchebag about him at the same time? Is that what's No, ha- what is- to me, this sound, this is like a college sophomore yeah, it's writing really bad. A, writing, an, writing an essay trying to in, impress his professor with Got the it. amount of references and the way his turns of phrase. Like, this, I, I love it. This talk be about dis- the damn album in a succinct and clear way. I can't understand be, what you're saying. 
It should be dissect right. the review because we have no idea what <laughs> right the, exactly is actually being said here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Got it. <laughs> just, just my opinion. Just yeah, my opinion. No, it val- it's a valid opinion. It's I, I didn't understand what he was talking about either. I'm just gonna throw one more out here, please. Um, and this is one that he's benching. This is a, this is a compliment, more or less. But just we're sure. Okay, possibly. All I, right. I possibly. I don't know. Let's hear it. it. Okay, he says it's lovely to listen to the track "Invincible" open up to a multi-tracked vetter wordlessly scraping at the M. Get some water. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> Let me try that again. A lot of syllables. It is lovely to listen to Invincible open up to a multi-tracked vetter wordlessly scraping at the ineffable, just like the late Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan taught him long ago. I don't suggest vetter is at, is at his level, but the effort to escape the strictures of language... But the effort to escape <laughs> the strictures of language redresses... But the Mm. effort to escape the strictures of language redresses the image of the scound... But the effort to escape the strictures of language redresses the image of the sound scan era scold. Oh my god. What does that mean? What is the sound scan era scold? Even if we could figure it out, it's not worth it. We're eggs. Thank you, thank you, Greg. You know, we're, so, we're Pearl Jam fans. So do you think like, if we're gonna get help? a Pearl Jam like, reference, like footnotes, I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> footnotes it's, would be it great. To, it sounds to me, man, like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> you know, whether or not we've really listened to his music a lot in the last twenty years, he's still been out there, and he has been a competent. Yes, I always see him as like a a really smart dude. Absolutely. Yeah, he you always know? shows up at the, like at the big, like as an honored guest at like a big event kind of a thing, and and he's also maintained these relationships with these kind right. of his heroes, which and is so, cool. And so I'm saying here's here here he comes with another solo like uh, another uh, effort, you know, mm-hmm. to just make. And this one is kind of, you know, again, like we don't really know quite what to make of it. And right. here's this reviewer being like, "Well, I'm smart too." <laughs> You know, like that—that's that's how I, yeah. I, I hear it. It's he's like, not it's like saying he was anything threatened. about the, Absolutely, he's not saying anything about the music or like the content. No, because he has nothing he's to say. He's just like throwing he, references in. Yeah, he has nothing to say, and he feels like he's like, oh, well, I, I'm I'm reviewing Eddie Vedder. I need to also be, uh, you know, exactly mysteriously exactly. intelligent. Sure, you know, and um, and Nick, so you, you just made don't the have point, it, man. You're not Eddie Vedder. You're nothing like him. You're not. You're, you're nowhere near. <laughs> That kind of uh, what could I say? You have, don't have any kind of uh, any honestly, of that alert. Yeah, I think None they picked it. the wrong writer for this. Like, I think it, I think he was intimidated by this, like having to write about this guy, and so he I went think so. And, oh, yeah, it's like, it's it, like a, yeah. Nick. You've 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 said in the past on past review the reviews that you enjoy the context that is brought by a by uh, a this, pitchfork review. But to me, this you know it, it, sharing the context and the history that brought this album to where it is and the history of the participants and how that informs the album and I'm totally with that but yeah. to me this this review is all context like you're not talking about the album and the context is so convoluted like it doesn't make any like it doesn't ring I, true I, I, at honestly, all honestly I think I think the way Ann put it is is pretty apt because I it's it's yeah there, there are there are just nested references to things that are too obscure 
it just it's it's just too much trying to be clever and it's yeah 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 no I, I read this review like I said after I listened to the album I read it this evening and then I was like I, okay I need to like read this in a quiet place I went to a quiet place and I read it and I still so honestly I, all I've brought to the table today is confusion about whether what whether you agree with what he's saying but I I'm, I'm now understanding this is just a we don't know what he's saying. This is just I'm a bizarre you. review. I am with you. I am with right. you entirely. Yeah. All right. So now, last part of review the review, we got to give it a rating. Mm. Who wants to step this to the plate? Greg? This is easy. Yeah. Out of 10, easy. just like Pitchfork. Come on, baby. Dude, I'm going to give this one a four. Uh, like, four? I just, I, 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 I couldn't get through it. It didn't, it didn't shine a light on any of it. Um, you know, there was, there was so, so much you could have get in, gotten into, like all the different, you know, all, all the different yeah okay you got Stevie Wonder Elton John those guys surprised you didn't get Roger on there because they're tight yeah um, you know Eddie <laughs> did a Vetter Eddie Vetter sorry did a uh, version of Comfortably Numb with Roger doing like mm-hmm. the Sandy uh, the Hurricane Sandy benefit show. oh that's right that's right yeah. um, and anyway <clears throat> I, could, I could go on and on but uh, the point is that this review sucked and um, <laughs> you know they could have talked about all the different, um, you know, the people in the band. Like, I mean, Chad Smith's drumming is awesome on this, right? Don't right. you think? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. I can listen. I mean, listen. Obviously, I'm a Chili Peppers guy, but really, I can hear him play. I, I can listen to Chad Smith play drums all day. I mean, Hell it's yeah. just like, like, yeah, I don't know what he, he'll play. The, he'll play the stupid, like the most, not stupid, but like the the most basic, like elementary school, like sixth grade rock beat, right? Like he does on Black Summer. Yeah, you know yeah and he makes it feel good and it's and the tones are like perfect yeah, and anyway that would be an engaging thing to discuss yeah and Klinghoffer's yes. like oh the, the guitar tones are really chorusy and yeah. uh, I don't know it was it, yeah it's surprising I think it's gonna take a few listens before I finally get a clear idea of how I feel about it I see what you're saying though Nick at the same time that, no, you know, no, I'm, the, I'm kind of in the no. same place. I but mean, because I gave it the but, listen, and I was like, I have no idea what to make of this. But, but you were, what you were saying about his voice not like necessarily sinking into the mix, almost like it's like karaoke, almost. I could sort of see, uh, but in any case, um, four out of four. Ten. All right, fair enough, Nick. Um, I don't know where he stands, so I don't know if I agree or disagree. And since it's entirely uh, incomprehensible, I'm going to give it what. I think uh, what they gave that everything everything album. I'm gonna give it a three eight. Oh, man! I thought mine would it's be like, the it's lowest. A, it's a garbage review. There's no, there's no there's no coherent point made. Thank you. Thank there's you. no coherent point made. Ed. Yeah. Well, I I could not summarize it any better than the two of you. So I will be the lukewarm water of the band and give him the average of your two scores and give him oh. a three point nine. Hey, hey. Makes that easy. Yes, it does. So there you go, boys. That's how we play. <laughs> oh, that's some good clicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. It's been a while. It's been it a has. minute. And it'll be a while. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. All right. Well, that's all I got. Um, yeah, Stop. do listen to the album again. Um, I can't say it improved on a second listen, but I, I enjoyed it on the first listen, so I don't know what that'll do on, to your second listen. But. Well, I, yeah, that, that my first listen was just, just straight no n- no inputs. Uh, now I know where you stand on it, so I, it it does get colored by the conversations in a good way, I think. 
Um, so I'll pick a different time and give it a listen. Cool, cool. In the meantime, Nick, what you got for us this week, sir? Let's do some music, I think. Pick this song up. It was uh, it was on some like new list, I think, in Apple Music. And I actually listened to this guy's whole album. And incidentally, it turns out uh, this is Mark uh, Juliana. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pronounce it that way, Mark Juliana. And he's he's played with a bunch of people. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Tigran Hamasayan, or Hamasayan, um, the guy that I brought up a few episodes back, amongst amongst others. He's got a new album called uh, Songs to Do. Hold on one second. Let me check this. Songs for Doing. Thank you. Yeah. So Yeah. He's got a new album out called Songs for Doing, and each song has like a song for... Yeah. Um, but this, this track that I picked is called Song for Investigating Consciousness. Very cool. I thought it had a a really cool vibe. Mark Giuliana played drums on Blackstar. Okay. Really? Okay. Gotcha. That's that's how I know that name. And and he was one of Pete's classmates at Berkeley. Okay. Uh, Oh, nice. Nice. And also uh, Avishai Cohen. Yeah. I've listened to that guy lately, too. I like him a lot. Beast. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. cool sound. Different. It's actually, like, labeled under electronic. But there's like the organic drums with it, and then he's got some other like friends that come in, and yeah, it's very cool. So give that a give that a listen if you think it's interesting. My topic, gentlemen. Yes. Mm. Coming off last week, um, I was thinking a lot about about what we were talking about, all the different things about qualities of a band leader, and more than that, I was thinking about the quote from Satriani about kids being better than he ever was, and then his like you know, but you need to get out there and play with some people. Um, yeah. And I thought. What, here's a fun little thought experiment like we've all been in bands played in bands for many many years so say you want to start a band like you've arranged some musicians maybe maybe you've got a specific project in mind that that i think is actually the crux to this question you've got a okay. project in mind you've pulled together some musicians uh let's assume the auditions have occurred it, it's the first band practice what does that look like like how do you if being a band leader is all about like the organization what do you do to prepare? How do you prepare the the the, art, the musicians before you have the first practice? Like, what does that look like? Man, I wanted to get you wanted to get you guys' thoughts. That's a good one. Great. Yeah. I mean, it uh, it totally depends on the type of band. You know, some bands will do that exact blueprint, like have auditions and uh, whatever, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. come together and have a practice. But not every band does that. You know. 
I've been in bands where I didn't, I just got thrown up on stage without a single rehearsal, you know? Sure, sure. That's like mostly, that's what I expect now almost. Because so, because you're at that caliber where you can go up and well, play the music. Uh, no, 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 you are. Right? But it's I also, mean, well, it's also just kind of the types of bands that I might be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, playing in. That, you know, that, that dates back though to, um, you know, kind of being in DC and playing with people who, who are in the uh, jazz scene and then some of them decide they want to start a funk band and lo and behold join the funk arc but before that um certainly there's uh, exactly what you're talking about where okay you know you get you get some guys together i think just trying to you know get getting some material together obviously get being on the same page a, a, about s some of the material that you're trying to work out um is clearly the just the first thing you don't have anything until you have that you know, mm -hmm. whether it's covers yeah. or original stuff, you have to you have to be able to play something. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. So um, it doesn't necessarily have to be worked out. It depending if you're an improvising kind of situation, maybe you don't have too many rehearsals. You know, sure. Just um, but I do think that you know, getting together, at least having a discussion, having some clarity between the band members of what the goal is. What what, what are your goals? You know, like on stage, in the studio. Business wise, art, you know, art, artistic wise, maybe even like, like, what if you, is there, is there some kind of message? Yeah, you know, we have a similar to, vision. Yeah, um, but certainly, it, it, a lot of those things come from just working the material out. Okay. So I, I would say that, and like working, working out, you know, bring, tr trying to figure out what are your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and like yeah. leaning on your strengths. I think that's that's like the the earlier you get to that, I think the more successful you will be in achieving your goals as a band. Yeah. Right. So we got assessing strengths of all the members kind of like coming it, to the table yeah, agreeing it, on how things are going to go. It's certainly so of an the, understanding. Certainly of the members, but more importantly though of the unit. Like what are, you know, are we able to write? I've been in bands that had that really struggled with writing, but were really good at other things. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. uh, some other bands that were really good at writing, just cranking out songs that we were all really happy with, but then lacking in some other areas, you know? So, yeah. and then other, whatever, I've, it's, I've seen a lot, mm -hmm. you know? And um, what I, I guess what I've learned is that you can't go in with any expectations other than let's all put in a good energy here. Let's all, let's communicate, yeah, you know, and let's, not you know let's not come in and shoot every idea down that somebody else has because that's like the, that's the that's, that's the kind that's of the quickest way to, way to yeah that's kind of the quickest way to to not be in a band is like just to <laughs> you know just say no all the time you so know you got to you got to bring the yes and yes yeah, yeah. you got to bring you got to bring if if you're gonna say no you better have a better idea mm. yes okay yes because it, but I can't stand it when people say no and have no. Alternative. No alternative. It's like, yeah. well, then what, you speaking know, what my we, language, Greg. Yeah, and I mean that's, but that's what being a professional is about, you know. And I mean, yeah. whether you want to call this a band, like sometimes a band can just be like, you know, for fun, like obviously, you know, it should be, it should, it should be like that sometimes. But I still think, what, what do you want to call it, professional or just uh, productive attitude? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like of. you're counterproductive if you're saying no with no alternative. <clears throat> like that's yeah. that, that you're literally stopping production. Yep. So yeah. that, 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 that would, I think, be like the number one thing is to kind of weed that out. And then you'll have, you know, better writing sessions, better recording sessions, better gigs, 
better rehearsals, yeah. better band yeah. meetings, you know, or whatever it is, you know, all the all those different things that come along with it. Cool. Absolutely. Jay, what do you think? Well, it's it's interesting because I th- Greg, you're making excellent points from like establish from like the perspective of establishing a band that is going to be that's that's filled with like experienced musicians that wants to be a touring or professional unit you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and obviously that's that's where your experience lies it i for me like i when nick asked this question i i thought back to like experiences of first starting bands when i was a kid mm-hmm. um that's important and too I, and i have like three kind of anecdotes about that cool. like and the first one is the first band that i was ever in was with this guy right up here, Mr. Nick Klein. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never met him before. Uh, our friend Dirk Maurer introduced mm-hmm. him to me. Dirk played bass a little bit, and we recorded and wrote a couple songs in our... He lived right down the street from me, and we worked together, and he was like, well, I, there's this guy that I go to school with, and he plays drums. He lives down in Hagerstown, which is about 30 minutes away. You know, you should come down and, and meet him. And you know, we I guess we were like 15 at the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, so I I came over to your house sight unseen, and it, I just remember it was like this kind of magical experience. I'm not trying to like sugarcoat it because we yeah, we yeah. did we have remained friends since then more or less. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like as soon as like we met, it was like oh I like this band. Oh I love that band. Oh I like this band. Oh I like that band too. Oh cool. And yeah. then we got together and it was like. Oh, we jammed on like some live tunes, the band live, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we yep, we, we related our shared love of the new Dave Matthews Band album uh-huh, before uh-huh. these crowded streets, and like mm-hmm. it just clicked like right from the beginning, and and I could tell you know we were of kindred spirits mentally, like we liked the same kind of music, and it was yeah. just such a lucky thing because you hear about so many mm-hmm. like it it, it kind of I look back and I'm kind of amazed that that ever happened. Because I had never played with a drummer, you know, in my life before, other than like jazz band in in middle school. Yeah. Um, so f- for that to work out, and to th- for that still to be working out, you know, yeah, twenty five years later is kind of incredible to me. Damn um, straight. But I bring that up as contrast to my anecdote number two, which okay. happened after um, my buddy Tejan and I we were trying to kind of form a new band, and we went out on. <laughs> craigslist to find mm-hmm. a drummer okay and you know we had a bunch of songs that we had and we had a pretty good idea of what we wanted to sound like you know kind of queens of the stone age sabbath right metal kind of stuff and you know this guy responded to one of our craigslist ads and he said all the right things in the email and said yeah i have an apartment in baltimore city i have a drum set set up you know we can rehearse there the whole whole nine yards right. said all Space the right and things. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll never forget this. We we drive over to his row home, and uh, you know we go up there. We meet his family, mm-hmm. you know his wife and his his two kids who are okay. just running around. Oh, okay. Uh, we look at his drum set, which is set up in the living room, and it's like one step above like a kid's toy drum set. Okay. And we're like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm still trying to like get the whole beat thing down but you know I, I think I got oh. it pretty well he oh, was still okay. learning to play drums he was learning to play drums <laughs> and it he just completely oh, lied man. about the entire thing I see okay Jeez, so the please. next you know it was just like a it was a the That's most cringy, cringiest awkward 
evening that I can remember because we didn't want to be rude to the guy. He was a nice guy, but he completely sold us a bill of goods. Like he had no idea what he was doing. Never played in a band before. Didn't barely knew how to play drums. So, wow. you know, we, we, we yeah, endured sure. that. His wife sure. made us fried chicken, which was very nice of her. It was very good. When hey, you were fed. That you was, were, we fed. were fed. That, that was a, that's a success as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, All right, uh, so maybe, maybe ended up yeah, going okay, in a different so, direction. If, and, and I know you have another anecdote, but maybe, um, maybe yeah, I guess figure out somehow the, the competency ahead of time. Is that a good one? I think so. I, I think so. And I'm glad that we didn't have anybody else involved. That it was just me yeah. and Tejan. We just That's, brought over some acoustic it, it, guitars and we were okay. Right. Right. It usually helps in these situations to have someone be able to vouch for this person. Yes. Even if it's someone yeah. like several degrees from you, okay. yes, it's like a friend of lesson, a friend of a friend said, learned. this guy's pretty cool, you lesson know. Right. And, but but then again, Craigslist. I mean, listen, one of the most successful bands I know, uh, Periphery. Uh, my buddy Tom got in that band off of Craigslist. Wow, wow. yeah, you know, can happen. It, no, oh, no. It, it does happen. It, mm-hmm. it totally does, and so it, there's nothing wrong with with exploring, but you may end up with a dud. Yeah, in this sure. case, yeah. Sure. Oh, well, not a complete dud because of the fried chicken. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. And, and a story to tell. Absolutely, Indeed. And, Indeed. you know. But so for me, like I, since then, it's really I've only just been in bands with people that I I know or I know what they can do and what they're capable of. Right. But right. Last anecdote, and I think this is interesting, kind of relevant, and this is just kind of happening in real time. Um, I play in a band called the Janine Wilson Band. I play guitar and and sing. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a gig coming up this Friday at Hank Deedle's Tavern in Rockville. And we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Um, Oh, yeah. That place has been around forever, man. By by the way, I grew up right next to it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Uh Yeah, by Grosvenor Metro Station. What time do you play, Jay? Uh, We go on nine. Nine o'clock. All right. Yeah. But we just found out today that our drummer is having some health issues, and he's not oh, going to no. be able to make it. Oh man! So we don't want to cancel this gig. So Janine has reached. Out, she has. Uh, she found a drummer that was willing to step in. That I guess she's played with a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not super familiar with her current set. So it's going to have a lot of work to do. So we're going to have to rehearse tomorrow to get this whole thing wow. uh, going. And the reason I think it's interesting is because Janine did something that uh, when I joined her band, initially just doing acoustic uh, stuff with her, uh, she was like, well, here's all of my songs written out in chart form, like in like professional type chart form. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is great. I'd never, and, and I know that she doesn't know how to write music like that. She actually paid somebody to listen to wow. her songs and chart them out. And they oh, wow. were they were well done. They were all that I needed to like hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just mention that as a suggestion because I I've tried to start a solo band a couple times. I've I've gone through the trouble of making charts. It's not an easy process. Mm-hmm. But for musicians, if you're trying to get them to pick it up quickly, and especially if it's a if it, you know, most musicians have a lot of other things going on. Right. It's much easier if you can prevent present them with a one page sheet that says, here's the outline of this song. You know, here's here's the chords. Or at the, least MP3s. You know, like proper proper yeah, ver- well, like she updated obviously, updated she versions. She obviously had 
updated versions of recordings of her songs and lines. That's not necessarily obvious. That's true. That's true. But the fact that she was able to couple that with charts, that means that I didn't have to do like the research of like, obviously I had to check them and make sure that they're right. Yeah. But um, it was a big help for me. Just a disclaimer, you know, like I've actually given Janine lessons and some, some of our lessons were how to make good charts. Oh, good. Good. So there you go. (laughs) It's it's working out. Well, she, Well, she asked me, she asked me. You know, she, because yeah. she wanted to, she had some, she, the charts were fine, but they weren't, they weren't easy to read before. Like they had, yeah. uh, it would be like seven bars in a line and then like yeah. nine bars yeah. in the next one. You just couldn't like line things up. And yeah. sometimes these charts can, if they're good enough, then people will read them on the gig. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. that's, that's a really helpful thing. Cause Janine, we know we've had a rotating cast of characters and that, you know, that's the the way with a lot of bands. And if you want to have the, be able to have the agility to have somebody step in and you know fill in for a gig on the last minute you kind of yeah. got to have that that infrastructure kind of ready in place. to go yeah to hand yep. them over yep so cool that's where we're at and that's that's my stories there all right so mm. yes and a lot of charts be prepared all right it's just it's communication <laughs> yeah 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 that's, a, that's what it boils down to that's what it, that's what it boils down to um and uh and you know communication before that organization like we talked about with the band leader thing yeah you know? yeah cool. um but yeah I, th- right. I think yeah just maximizing productivity is like the yeah <laughs> it sounds like a doesn't sound like a band well, at that yeah, point you know but i, I, I but guess it's i guess true. greg the, the only actually greg the only thing i throw back is what what if you what if your student had this question because a lot of your answer was reflect was kind of like self-reflective oh what if you were giving advice to a student who said I want to start. What should I do? Yeah. Okay. Like, what do I do? I would say, yeah. Well, I'd be like, okay, great. First of all, like, this is going to be great, you know, and um, because if you've made it this far, then that's awesome. I would start by being like, do like, do you have any close friends who you'd want to be in the band? You know, like Mm -hmm. that's that I think is like kind of like number one. And if they say you you know yeah but that does but not enough for the whole band. But I would say Mm -hmm. okay, well, like try to you know see if they're interested and. Get as many of those people as you can to do to do it, and if if, if they're into See if it, if they know any people, don't force them. But yeah, I maybe mean, but nudge them, you know, like maybe someone mm-hmm. maybe they would love it once they got going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and then start to figure out like how how now what who what what are we missing, mm-hmm. you know, and then decide what you know decide on some things to try. I mean, play some covers. Like you don't have to you know you don't have to have everything be original right away. Covers, um, that's actually a really good point. And that's kind of what I was alluding to with the story of me and Nick meeting. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't write an original song for like, I don't know, six months after we met. Practicing, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you guys are in high <laughs> school too, and that's pretty new. You mm-hmm. just work on covers. You work yeah. on songs that you that you both know and that you that you love, and you learn that way. Exactly, mm-hmm. and then that that's when you can figure out some pros and cons without like bickering about, you know, back and forth right. about original music, which happens to the best of us. I mean, you watch that yeah. Get Back, you know? It's the yes, same thing. Yeah. yeah. I kept thinking so, about that, yep. But yeah, d- definitely, uh, and, and try to remember it at, at the beginning, you know, try to remember why you're there, you know? So sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes it can be, um, it can be tough, you know, like you have a, you have a long day that has nothing to do with music, and then you get in the rehearsal room, and it can be like a real nice unwinding session. But sometimes other, those things can kind of drag themselves in with you, and you can kind of, yeah. yeah, you know, we've all I think we've all either we've all experienced being in that position, and we've also experienced seeing someone else in that position, mm-hmm. yep. and and noticing how it brings the whole thing down, and yep. um, 
So it like avoiding that as much as possible is definitely the best way. But you know, it, it, it again, it, it it depends. I mean, if you're trying to put it like a a band with horns together, I mean, it's like a whole different skill set almost. Or certain things get amplified, and sure, or, or yeah. augmented, depending rather than on the like, complexity of the music and yeah. how big of the ensemble you're pulling together. Yeah, but if you put um, if, you, if you're doing a power trio, it might just be like you know a lot simpler. I would also throw this out there. Give yourself enough time. Give yourself enough rehearsal time because it's always going to be longer than you think. Mm-hmm. But there's also value in like, it's critical importance to allow yourself to get warmed up, to allow your ears to become accustomed to the room that you're playing in, mm-hmm. to allow yourself to become comfortable with each other. Yes. Um, like it, I've, it happens all the time. You know, you try to give yourself three hours and that seems, seems like a lot on paper. The first hour is taken up with some kind of technical BS. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody's amp's broken. and Somebody broke a string. They got to replace that. Oh, somebody's running late. So then there's right. the first hour gone. You get into it. You have a couple good jams. It starts to feel good towards the end of, like, the first, I don't know, 70 minutes. Like, you start finally starting to feel good. And then mm-hmm. someone's like, oh, yeah, man, I got to go pick up my kid from right. work you know or whatever and then it's right. then it's over just and as soon as it's starting to get yep. starting to get good um and that's a hard thing you know especially as you get older but you know if you can give yourself enough of a window to to not only get there and get set up and get comfortable but to get into the flow of it and get warmed up right there's a transitional then, period yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what this is yep. why um when i i still try to subscribe by this but it, it's, it gets increasingly difficult but for a while, I was always adamant about kind of having like retreats, mm. you know, and that's, I still do that with the resilient, you know, just I go, to, I, just I to spend time together hanging out. Yeah. I, I spend days there mm-hmm. and, and that allows us to, de- to get deep into the process, yeah. you know, when you start to, it, cause it's, it's kind of like a, it's similar to touring. Once you're like smelling these people, <laughs> like things start to you know the the whole di- the whole chemistry starts to shift, but it still takes time. You can't just show up and be like, "Hey, we're together," you know. Da, da, da. Like it, it could be, and usually it's like at the very end, and then you dev- yeah. and then you're like, nah, "Man, I never, I don't want it to stop now." Because like you know, like that feeling of like, "Oh, 70 minutes, someone's got to split." Like four four days, someone's got to split. You're like, "No, that's the same thing," <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yep, yep. brilliant so. at the end. Yeah, it's, it's usually at the end that the best stuff comes out because that's when you start to realize, like, oh, if it doesn't come out now, like, mm, yeah. you know, uh, so. But it's not, it's, sometimes it's right away. I, I don't know. Um, it's a mysterious thing. That's why we all do it, right? Indeed. Yeah, that's right. Indeed. All right, maybe, maybe, maybe some calculated scarcity. I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. That was great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's no, it's cool, cool to think about the uh, I, I, mechanics honestly, just, of something that can seem magical sometimes. I, I've just been thinking a lot about like I mean, kids especially that have really that have kind of fallen in love with their instrument the past two years and haven't had the opportunity to get out. That you know, yeah. and, and kids young enough. I mean, that that can be a significant portion of feels like a significant portion of their life, and they've changed so much, and and there's a lot of discomfort. So. Yeah, yeah, I was just curious. Just curious, like what what, what back to basics look like, like, like yeah. these days. So, yeah. I appreciate it. That was cool. Right on, dude. That's all I got. Cool. cool. Well, I guess the last piece of advice on that would be, don't overthink it. You know, like if you're thinking about starting a band and you're a kid, mm-hmm. 
go for freaking go for it, man. Just, Just do try it. it. Just try it. Yeah, we had no and, idea and call, what the hell we were call doing. Call the one friend. Call the one friend, and see if they know anybody. And if they right. don't, then see if their older sister knows anybody. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Go, go through your friend networks first. Yeah, Indeed. and you know, and and there's no right or wrong way to do it in the end. But I think that what we're describing is like you know, some some way some obvious pitfalls to avoid. Yeah. You know. Totally. So, and I do, I do think coming to the table, I know I said I was done, but now I'm talking. I, I do think coming <laughs> to the table, um, especially if you're young, coming to the table with like a handful of covers that you've kind of worked out ahead of time, not not practiced on your own necessarily per se, but at least are familiar with so that you everybody knows coming in what yeah. songs are going to be played so that there isn't that like surprise feeling of gotcha of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's yeah. also that's because everyone really responds good, so. in different ways mm-hmm. to being like, oh, let's play this song. Some people might feel really intimidated, you know, to have to try to figure out a song in front of other people. In front of yeah, other no, people and make the idea. mistakes. Yeah. 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 So. Awesome, man. Thanks. Oh, cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, well, our 70 minutes is just about upon us, guys. Uh, I got to <laughs> go pick I gotta, up. Uh, I got to pick up the kids. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So before we get out of here, Greg, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us, please? Well, you can find us online. At, you should check it out. Dot com. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. You can sure listen is. to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can leave a review. We can review the review. Ooh. And as always, tell a friend mm-hmm. you should check it out. Yes, indeed. Please do. Cool. All right, boys. Well, I think we said it all. Until next week, peace. Stay peace. safe. Have a good one. See you guys. <laughs>